Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. So for this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Sally Bobbers, who is a counsellor and a pastoral supervisor. Yes. And what else would you like to tell us about yourself before we start, Sally? So I suppose relevant to what we're going to talk about now with parts language, I've got two main trainings as a counsellor. And one is in sensory motor psychotherapy, which acknowledges that the body has its own memory of trauma that it holds without words attached to it quite often and internal family systems which acknowledges that um, we all have parts we all have multiple parts but they're non-pathologized they're not you know people talk sometimes about parts as though it's a mental illness but but we all have parts you know that's what we're going to talk about today. So That's there's right. something called internal family systems, yes, which helps us to view ourselves as being made up of different, well, as you put it, parts. parts. Yes. yes. That's right. So would you like to just talk about, tell us about what internal family systems are and where they came from? And Yes. Well, it, it actually gets bigger as you go into it further yeah. in a way, but... The very basics of it are that everybody has self-energy within them. Yeah. Now, self-energy is good. Mm -hmm. I think people who come at things from a spiritual understanding Mm -hmm. might see it as a God essence, the part of us made in the image of God. Yeah. Others might see it as good energy. Mm -hmm. And that is core to all of us and I have an absolute belief that everybody has that within them and every part of us has self-energy but we're all got parts that then take on jobs to help us survive in the human world right where we're living now on earth and so what happens is we have our self-energy the qualities of self-energy uh, tend to be defined uh, with a load of C's, C words, and a load of P words. But actually, it's any good quality. But the ones that are assigned sort of in the model to self-energy are curiosity, mm-hmm. caring, creativity, courage. So it's strong. You know, cor- yeah. to be courageous is strong. Calmness. Connectivity, which is about being relational. Yeah. Clarity, we can have clear thinking. Compassion and confidence. Yeah. And we can also be present to ourselves and to others. We can have patience, persistence, which again is quite a strong Mm -hmm. thing. Perspective. We can pull out and look at things with perspective and playfulness. 
So those all sound like the things that we operate in when you're kind of, I want to say when you're having a good day, but when you're really yes. feeling at your best and then there's, and you've got the mental energy to do all of those things, to be curious and yeah. playful, to be persistent, to relate to people. Yes. Yeah. So that's the self energy, that kind of, when you're really feeling sort of yourself and at your best. That's right. Yeah. But I don't think that anyone is ever completely in self energy and often right. we're slightly blended with our parts. Yeah. Now, what happens with the parts is they tend to take on jobs to help us survive. Right. So we have parts that we exile within our system. And those parts often hold memories of pain mm -hmm. or things that we're ashamed about ourselves. And so we sort of hide them away within us and we don't like them to be seen by the world. And we also don't like to put ourselves in situations where the exiles are going to get hurt or we're going to feel their distress. So we develop managers and the manager's job is to make sure that they run our lives and the exiles don't get seen mm -hmm. or upset. So they proactively run our lives and control what we're doing a lot of the time. So for example, if you're afraid of the dark, then one of your managers will think about when when you're out there, can you get somebody to be with you? Or can you have a nightlight on at night or have a torch handy that you can put on? So the managers are always thinking about things ahead of time. Right. And then the next layer of protection are the firefighters. And the firefighters are parts which are really the ultimate backup in the system. Yeah. So if the exiles get hurt. The managers can't control the situation. These firefighters will come out. Now, the roles of the firefighters are like if you had a fire in your house mm. and the fire brigade came in, they wouldn't actually care you'd just got a new settee or a brand new telly. They just come in and blast the foam around. And firefighters are a bit like that. So their job is to distract mm -hmm. from whatever is upsetting you or to get some distance somehow. And they don't really care what relational damage they cause right? or what harm they cause, physical harm they cause to you, to your mm -hmm. body, because their main aim is to stop the pain. Right. So they can be seen as quite destructive, hmm. but actually they can be really helpful sometimes, you know, taking us out of situations that are difficult or helping us to relax if we're completely exhausted. They might just shut us down for a bit. So say, for example, somebody is struggling with something. Maybe they're really stressed at work and they come home and they find that having a drink in the evening helps them feel better. Yeah. That could be a firefighter that's doing that in the evening. They come home stressed from work and the firefighter gets a drink out to help. But then the managers will notice that and think, hmm, so that seems to be working, having a drink every night. So then the managers will make sure you stop off and buy a bottle of wine every night on your way home from work so you've got it ready to drink. Does that make sense? Yes. So the 
firefighter is more impulsive. It's very impulsive. Yeah. Yes. Whereas the manager, it's almost like running a program in the background, but much it more is. in a much yes. more kind of controlled way. Yes. And all of these parts have self-energy within them, but the self-energy sort of gets squashed by the burden or the role. Right. So because it gets squashed by by noticing the burden or the role and parts, we actually can talk to the parts about what their job is and how they're helping you. And often parts have taken jobs on a long time ago in our lives and they get stuck in time. They don't know that time has moved on. Mm. So an adult might find that maybe somebody ends up going into a freeze state every time that they think their boss is going to be cross with them. Right. And that could track back to a little part that was really scared of their parents or their teacher being cross with them. Right. But that part... Is an exile. Is an exile. And that yeah. part doesn't know that time has moved on and maybe 20, 30 years has gone by. And now there's an adult inside there with self-energy who can navigate the adult world from a different place. But the manager came into being when that person was a little child and because the safest thing to do was to freeze because yes. if they froze, they were less likely yeah. to be harmed by the That's adult. Right. But yeah. because that part is exiled, yes. the adult may not really be cognitively aware at all that no. it exists. It's completely below the level of awareness. And it sounds as if the manager, I'm just thinking this. Yes, way. yes. So the manager also is not is at a, a fairly low level of awareness. Absolutely. And so often what happens is that there are other parts in the system which are furious that they keep freezing and and are critical yeah. of them going, why can't you just stand up for yourself? Why can't you just um, speak back to that manager or, you know, be a man or be a woman, you know, inhabit your role as your job? But, but there's a newer part and, they, and this small person yes. needed a lot of protection. So yes. they needed a really good manager. Yes. Right. That's right. So often, for example, in counselling, often counsellors will, will go for the pain or the distress. And, and it's the same, like if you, if you tell somebody off or you try to change something which is vulnerable in them, yeah. often you'll hit the protectors. You know, it's like if you, if you catch a child eating a sweet, they'll go, no, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll lock themselves into a defense mode. Yeah. And their protectors coming up. So what we do in internal family systems is we actually work from the protectors in. So we get we talk to the protectors. Yeah. Find out why they took the job on. And then we work our way in and get permission to talk to the exile to see how we can help them. So do you get permission from the protector? Yes, to talk to the exile. 
And then we build internal attachment repair with the adult and the self energy. Right. That sounds quite technical. So how would you, so how would that work out? So if we go back to our example of um, the person who needed to protect themselves from the adults in their life when they were very small and very vulnerable. So they've got this manager, this protector who will cause the freezing to happen and presumably a firefighter who might throw a hissy fit and get really cross. Yes. If that doesn't work. Or completely shut them down. Or completely shut them down. Yes. Yes. They might, they might go off sick for four nights. Yes, absolutely. So, so if as a counsellor you were saying, okay, I need to talk to the protector, how would that actually work in the context of a session? So in the context of a session, what you do is I would invite the client to think about the episode that was upsetting. Yeah. See what comes up in, in or around their body. So it might be a body sensation, emotion or thought. So this would be the current episode, the episode. The current the episode, yeah. yes. So we start there and then once you've got the body sensation or a thought, it's often a body sensation, I always ask, how do you feel towards that? Mm. And generally then the critics will pop up and they'll say, we don't like it, we want it to go away. Yeah. So then I talk to them about why they don't like it Mm -hmm. and then invite them to step back and get their permission to allow us to talk to the next part. So then I'll ask the same question again. How do you feel towards this part? And then when we've got a a critical mass of self-energy there, so the, the client is able to say, I'm curious to get to know this part and see if we can help it. Yeah. Then you take the next step of working with the vulnerable part. So are you asking the client to kind of speak for that part of themselves in each of those steps sort of thing? No, the parts speak for themselves. Okay. They actually speak for themselves. It's quite amazing. They just come up and um, talk to you. Right. And sometimes they'll talk directly to me and sometimes they'll talk through the client or the client, it's almost like telepathy. The The client just suddenly knows something which they didn't know they knew. Mm. And sometimes an image will come up um, or a memory. And so then we'll we'll go to that memory and then we invite the adult to step into that scene um, with their self-energy because the connection is with the self-energy. And um, it's like um, a redo. So we're sort of... Um, if there was a child there that felt vulnerable and yeah. there was nobody to protect them, they then get the sense that there is somebody there to protect them. Yeah. So it's just like if you've got a two or three-year-old that was really scared, you might go over to them and say, look, I'm here and I'll look after you. And that's exactly what we do with the internal parts mm. of the person. And then we can invite, once we've witnessed that in the parts what it needs to be understood by the adult, then we bring them into the present moment um, where they don't have to go through that experience anymore. And it is just unbelievable how Mm. uh, the shifts that can take place with the internal attachment repair. Helping the client to show compassion to those parts that have been 
hidden. Yes. So are they then no longer exiles? Well they're, well, they're sort of, of um, once they're unburdened exiles. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean to say they're never going to get triggered again. Right. But they're not carrying um, a legacy of pain. Yeah. So they might still be scared of something, mm. but they haven't got the legacy of that. But also if they do get scared, then the adult hopefully is aware of them um and and can help support them in that moment yeah. just as you would if you like if if you know that a child is scared of fireworks and it's bonfire night you know you'll be looking out and listening out and you'll be supporting that child and we we can do the same with our parts and i'm imagining that if you can take the heat out of the critics Yes. Actually, that takes a lot of the angst out of the system because quite often yes. the pain comes from that yeah. feeling of, oh, I'm scared of this, followed by a barrage of, yes. but I'm grown up and I shouldn't be and I should be able to stand up for myself and I can't believe that I can't. Yes. So if yes. you take all of the heat out of that, yes. then actually all of that energy you're not using anymore and you can have compassion on yeah, that bit of yourself, then you're much, you're yes. just in a much better yes. place, aren't you? So even if, even if the fear is sometimes triggered... Yes. Hopefully, the other stuff doesn't get triggered That's in the right. same way. And the the critics actually are other parts who are trying to help because they're trying to chivvy you along. It's like a parent saying to a child, don't be so silly, just go and do it. Oh, we all have friends like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And and so and that's what the critics are trying to do. They're trying to give you good advice that you're not in a position to take. That's right. <laughs> and and so they I mean most most parts have they have good intentions. They're really trying to help you in some way. It's just that they don't see the consequences of their help. It's always very helpful. Yeah. And it's actually crushing somebody. And they're feeling bad. And that's when you quite often get that really negative self-talk, don't you? Yes. Which is really interesting. It takes a different, slightly different spin on that because yeah. I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that the negative self-talk itself is mm. coming from a part of you yes. that has got an agenda that might be quite helpful. It's trying to help. Trying to yes. help. But it, it's... Yeah. But because it doesn't understand the needs of the exile That's right. and the tenderness of the exile, it's not yeah. being as helpful as you'd hope it would So be. we often have a polarity where there's two protectors both trying to to help the exile mm. in different ways. One may be to, you know, give it a boot up the backside and the other one trying to wrap it up in cotton wool, stop it getting hurt. Right. So there's a... <laughs> So there's a part of you that's kind of urging you on to yeah. go on and get out there. And there's other yeah. part of you wanting to offer you a glass yeah. of wine and a yes. sit down and a hide under the duvet. That's right. And so what's wonderful is once you start noticing that there are two, and it's the same, mm. you know, when people go, oh, well, I, I want to, you know, should I take this job or not? And there's all the pros and cons. It's like, People blend with one part and they can only see the pros and then they blend with the other part and they can only see the cons. But if you can gain perspective with your self-energy and step yeah. back and you can see the pros and the cons together, then it's a much better way to make a decision about things. Right. 
but yeah. parts can come up and blend with us. And then when they blend with us, it's like it pushes the adult and the self energy out the way, you know. Mm. So when you might say to yourself sometimes, you know, you really didn't behave as you expect yourself to as an adult. You know, I didn't do that very well. Well, maybe you were just blended with a part that was trying to help. So is that, mm. but is that what sometimes happens? You know, when you, you have a response to something which you know is out of proportion to the thing that's yes. going on now. So somebody does something yeah. that reminds you of something else, but at that yeah. point you haven't tweaked it. Yes. So I remember... It's a slightly slightly odd example, but I I remember years ago as part of a as part of a church got quite hurt. But yeah. one of the things that happened was that people's contributions were not appreciated, and and in the mix of that, that became really quite difficult. A number yeah. of things that happened. But then I then joined another church, and the vicar invited a visiting speaker, and I was incensed. I was absolutely furious. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I yeah. I didn't go and, thankfully, I didn't yeah. go and talk about that, but yeah. I was chuntering because have we not got people here who yeah. we could appreciate? Yeah. And I knew that this vicar was not like this other, other person, one. but I that had triggered something. So it yeah. sounds like I had blended with something. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. And there was a part triggered. Yes. And so what's so fascinating is when you go back to talk to the parts and sometimes people can end up with the most obscure memories of something that happened to them but but it created that cascade of, yeah. of parts being created to protect that you know it's like these parts go never again am I going to be hurt like that or is this going to happen yeah wow that's yeah <laughs> it is it's really amazing and once you start assuming that communication in your body is from a part, it changes the whole way you see things and you can talk to yourself, really. So suddenly you can begin to see what's going on. So in that instance, yeah. I, I, I twigged that there was a link between the two. Mm -hmm. So I knew that my response was irrational. Yes. And I knew that the person, the vicar that I was dealing with on this occasion was not the kind of person who was going to do that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I wonder, I didn't go back and consciously talk to a part because I've not heard of this. No, no. But you did effectively notice the part. Yes. And bring in your adult logic and perspective. So your self-energy, you had enough self-energy there mm. to bring perspective and and some caution. Yes. And I'm wondering now whether it might not have been helpful to have talked to the part and worked out what it was about what was going on. Yes. That had been so hurtful. Yes. And I suspect that it would have said something like, it would have talked to me about the fact that I had felt yes. rejected in that context. Yes. And had seen other people rejected, but I had felt quite yeah. often rejected. Yes. And I wonder whether had I done that, if that would have helped to kind of lessen some of the impact of that on other yeah. occasions. In theory, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think parts can unburden sort of organically as well, you know, mm. just by noticing them. That part might have let go of some of the burden just by you noticing it. Yes. Um, so that can happen as well over time. But I... I it's a beautiful model because mm -hmm. um, 
particularly when you're talking with with children and with other adults that you find difficult to be able to say it's a part of them mm. that's taken that job on for a reason and you don't know what's happened to them to cause that part and really the bigger pro the protector you know the bigger the wound that they're busy protecting yes that's a good key into having a bit of compassion for people who are being yeah awkward yes <laughs> It is, yes. it is. Yeah. But the other interesting thing about it is also the difference between empathy and compassion because right. a lot of people talk about having empathy for others. So IFS would see empathy as when one of your parts is connecting to something in the other. Right. So you get a sort of empathic charge okay. that comes from your part connecting with someone else's pain. But actually, you can't really be truly present to that person from that place because you've got an activated part in you. Right. So that could drive you to want to take that person's pain away or whatever manager you've got that looks after your exile, that manager can come up to either tell the other person what to do mm -hmm. or to try and make it all okay for them because you don't want them to be in that pain you've been in. There's all sorts of, of things that our managers will do or just tell them to pull themselves together, you know, because maybe that's what you do with your part, right? So what you have to do then is notice that you've got an empathic charge and let the parts know you'll come back to them later and then endeavour to shift into your self-energy where you can be present to that person with compassion and curiosity to find out what's going on for them. So the empathic charge, ideally then, it sounds like the empathic charge gives you the information yes. that there is something going on. To connect can, with somebody. That you can connect with. Yes. But then you want you want to invite it to sit down with a nice cup of tea for a minute yes. whilst you sit to be in present. your present state and then you can give the compassion without kind of doing the over-identity thing where you... Yeah. Yeah. Where you're trying to, where you're guessing what somebody else might be feeling from what you're feeling. That's right. And what might help them from what helps you, and they might not match. Yeah. yeah. It's quite nuanced, but it's actually really profound when you start mm. thinking about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And when you were talking about that kind of advice giving, that happens quite a lot, doesn't it? Mm. That somebody will suddenly give you a whole pile of what you need to do is this, this and this. Yeah. And the thought that actually that's their manager. Yes. Managing their part yes. at you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gives you space to kind of nod and smile and let them let them get over it if it's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting, though, isn't it, to think about it like that? Yes, yeah. Uh, we can collude with other people's managers as well sometimes. So it, it, it is quite fascinating when you start thinking about it. We've got our internal relational system and we're offering internal repair. So that yes. Then we've got our relationships around us mm. in our community. And then if you think about it, 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 it extrapolates out to you know, the country, to how countries mm. communicate with other countries and the whole world, really. Yes, and when and we've seen quite a lot of situations where groups of people have kind of almost communally their parts have come out to protect them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and firefighters can take control 
of situations yeah. and they don't care what damage they cause. No. No. <laughs> but So I find it a really helpful model. Often people just take to it, you know, because they resonate with with it and and it works with everything and anything really um but i use a lot of my sensory motor understanding mm. that i learned through that around things like the window tolerance and stuff like that but what's amazing is that if a part is really triggered you can actually ask that part to dial back a bit so that you can be present to it which is yeah. amazing it is it is. It is incredible. It, it it really is. And when you when you see it in action or feel it in action, it's extraordinary. Hmm. Um, it's, it's very helpful. Yeah. So in terms of practically making this useful for somebody, it mm. sounds as if part of it is just about being aware that there are these different parts. There are the exiles yeah. that we need to protect. There are yes. the managers that kind of run this program of yeah. of organising our lives around protecting the exiles. Yeah. And then when something really triggers us, then the firefighters come out. That's right. Um, but we have a self-energy that can yes. take some perspective Yes. and observe what's going on yeah and then have some conversation with those parts yes and sort of just to, but to just be aware can help you to know what's happening can't it yes it can and self-energy is healing in itself yeah. as well and just having this fundamental belief that everybody has got this god essence this good energy self-energy within them as well and every part has as well i love i love that yes yeah yeah, yeah. Sally, that's been really, really interesting. <laughs> I hope it's not too much information that might have fried your brains, but um, <laughs> anyway, you're welcome. That's great. Thank yeah. you very much. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Loved Called Gifted podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email lovedcalledgifted at gmail.com. You can find a transcript of this podcast at lovedcalledgifted.com and that's also the place to go if you're interested in the Loved Called Gifted course or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching. Thank you for listening. <laughs>